At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject of today's show is physics geniuses. We're going to discuss Isaac Newton, Nikola Tesla, Albert Einstein, and Stephen Hawking. But before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think, think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. And Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We're not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize. Neither is, neither of us have particular knowledge of physics or related subjects. If we misstated anything, we apologize. And finally, we send the friends and relatives of the late Stephen Hawking our deepest sympathies. If we have stated anything about Stephen's lifetime that isn't correct, we certainly are sorry. Today we're going to discuss physics geniuses. The idea arose, arose out of a previous show where we wondered if geniuses simply had superior brain power or was it the combination of a superior mind and help from external sources? To become famous as a scientist, let alone being recognized as a genius, a lot of people have got to get to know your work and appreciate it. I wonder who decides who is a genius. I guess somebody calls someone a genius and others assume that is true and look at the person's accomplishments and the word genius sticks. To be a genius, you would need to have achievements that are completely out of reach for anyone else, with maybe a few exceptions. You like definitions. What is a good definition for a genius? For physics, I think that a useful definition is a person of extraordinary intellectual power. But it is one thing to have a superior mind. It is another thing to put, an inc- an in- in- put in incredible effort to make use of all that brain power. You might be the world's finest athlete, athlete, but if you don't dedicate your life to training really hard just about every day, you're not going to win any gold medals. I wonder if there are some could have been geniuses with wonderful minds that didn't apply themselves to their work. But why don't you start with providing some content of the life of Sir Isaac Newton? I think we'll call him Isaac Newton, especially as Stephen Hawking turned down becoming Sir Stephen Hawking. They were both employed in their lifetimes by Cambridge University in England. An interesting aspect about Isaac Newton's work is that one discovery was made at the same same time by another great mind. Why don't you go through Newton's major contributions to physics? There is a website called Sir Isaac Newton Online, which summarizes Newton's life. Newton lived from 1642 to 1727. Newton never married. There must be a mark of success having a website dedicated to your life after you've been gone for almost 300 years. Yeah, the website introduces Newton as follows. Isaac Newton's discoveries gave physics its theoretical foundation, granted powerful tools to mathematics, and created a launch pad for future developments in science. Newton's more famous achievements are as follows. Defining the three laws of motion, 
discovery of gravity, apparently through observing a falling apple, discovery of calculus at the same time as Gottfried Leibniz. Uh, besides being a theorist, he was also an inventor. What did Newton invent? He invented the reflecting telescope and the modern design of coins. He discovered that white light is made up of the different color light and how objects can have different colors. While warden of the Royal Mint to stop counterfeiting, he recalled all the coins and issued new coins with the milled edges so familiar on modern coins. So Newton had more than one career. If you are not into science or engineering, the little bumps on the edges of coins provide an everyday reminder of Newton. Did Newton invent anything else? Newton may have invented the cat flap, but that is disputed. What about the Newtonian cooling? You haven't mentioned that. Maybe Newton didn't like drafts and that helped him understand cooling. Yes, Newton's law of cooling states that the rate of change of the temperature of an object is proportional to, dif to the difference between its own temperature and the ambient temperature. So if you don't have to open a door to let the cat in, the ambient temperature would be higher in a heated room and you would cool less and feel warmer. But what links Newton with other famous physicists that came later? I think there are many aspects of discovery and invention that could be looked at, but being able to see the world more clearly than anyone else must come into it. I guess that's inspiration. So how did Newton get his inspiration? Here's a quote from the Goodreads website attributed to Isaac Newton. Quote, truth is the offspring of silence and meditation. I keep the subject constantly before me and wait till the first dawnings open slowly by little and little into a full and clear light, end quote. So Newton needed silence and meditation to gain inspiration while focusing on the same subject. Lack of sleep was blamed for a nervous breakdown he experienced in 1694, but there could have been another cause such as chemical poisoning or depression. For the discovery of calculus, Godfrey Leibniz came up with a theory at the same time. Did they work together? The same discovery was made independently, but Leibniz is thought to have been aware of Newton's work. Also, Leibniz was, was one of the first to recognize the binary system and is seen as one of the greatest persons in the history of computers. Without going into details, Leibniz influenced all sorts of sciences and must have also been a genius. But I couldn't find much about how he got his inspiration. Interestingly, interestingly Newton spent much of his life studying alchemy but wasn't able to turn lead into gold. Alchemy can be thought of as, as an early form of chemistry with the goal of turning base metals into noble metals. Have there been other discoveries or inventions that were announced by different inventors at the same time? Yes, the telephone was one. Alicia Gray walked into the patent office the same day as Alexander Graham Bell with the same invention. It got messy in the courts before the patent was awarded to Bell. An Italian physicist called Olinto di Preto discovered the basis for the equation equals m mc squared two years before Einstein published it. E is energy, m is mass, and c is the speed of light. The polio vaccine is another example where two different people made the same discovery at the same time. I think it's time to move on to Nikola Tesla. Here's a shout out to the listener who suggested Nikola Tesla as a genius to be included in this show. But what do we know about Nikola Tesla besides a famous car company being named after him? Nikola Tesla was born in what is now Croatia in 1856. He died in 1943 in New York City after arriving in the United States in 1884 and becoming a citizen. He died penniless and alone while deeply caring for pigeons. He never married. And from what I've learned from his lifestyle, he really, was, he did, really didn't have time for anything else but his work. Also, he had an extreme form of the obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD associated with numbers. For example, his hotel room would always have to have, the, have, have a number divisible by three. That sounds really odd, but what were Tesla's major discoveries? Here is a list of 10 inventions that changed the world from the website Activist Post. Alternating current, light, x-rays, radio, remote control, the electric motor, robotics, the laser, wireless communications, and limitless free energy. But I think that list needs explaining. His rival Edison perfected the light bulb. 
Röntgen invented X-rays in 1895, and Marconi apparently invented radio. The first patent for the electric motor was awarded to American inventor Thomas Davenport in 1837, years before Tesla was born. The first laser wasn't built until 1960. Tesla's idea of wireless communications was more than radio. Free energy is very interesting. Today, there's a belief that it should be possible. Uh, the Tesla coil was not listed, but was an important invention at the time. Why don't you go through the list, starting with alternating current? There's no issue there. Alternating current was chosen over direct current for the world's first hydroelectric power plant at Niagara Falls in 1895. Direct current was favored by competitor Thomas Edison. Since that time, alternating current has been used throughout the world for power transmission as it is safer and more efficient. So we know that Tesla didn't invent the light bulb. What's the explanation for that? I will quote from the Activist Post website, quote, of course, Nikola Tesla didn't invent light itself, but he did invent how light can be harnessed and distributed. Tesla developed and used fluorescent bulbs in his lab some 40 years before industry invented them. At the World's Fair, Tesla took glass tubes and bent them into famous scientists' names, in effect creating the first neon signs, end quote. The World's Fair referred to was in Chicago in 1893. Now for x-rays. Here's another quote from the same website. Quote, electromagnetic and ionizing radiation was heavily researched in the late 1800s, but Nikola Tesla researched the entire gamut. I think we'll have to close there and go into the break. Yes, after this short break, we'll continue talking about physics geniuses. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like x-zone sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. 
As this is the first book in the esoteric series, modern esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are talking about Nikola Tesla and the explanation about him inventing x-rays. So dad, you were quoting a quote from Activist Post website. So can you please continue with the quote? Yeah, I think I'll start from the beginning. Electromagnetic and ionizing radiation were heavily researched in the late 1800s, but Nikola Tesla researched the entire gamut. Everything from a precursor to Curlian photography which has the ability to do document life force to what we now use in medical diagnostics. This was a transformative invention of which Tesla played a central role. X-rays like so many of Tesla's contributions stem from his belief that everything we need to understand the universe is virtually around us all times, but we need to use our minds to develop realistic real world devices to augment our innate perception of existence." End quote. The Curlian photograph process reveals visible auras around objects that are photographed. That is something I don't really understand, except it is associated with electrical coronal discharge. But it appears that Tesla helped invent the use of x-rays for medical purposes. So moving on, didn't Marconi invent the radio? That was disputed. Here's another quote from the same source. Quote, Guglielmo Marconi was initially credited and most believe him to be the inventor of radio to this day. However, the Supreme Court overturned Marconi's patent in, eight, in 1943 when it was proven that Tesla invented the radio years previous to Marconi. Radio signals are just another frequency that needs a transmitter and receiver, which Tesla also demonstrated in 1893 during a, during a presentation before the National Electric Light Association. In 1897, Tesla applied for two patents, US 645576 and US 649621. In 1904, however, the US Patent Office reversed its decision, awarding Marconi a patent for the invention of radio, possibly influenced by Marconi's financial backers in the States, who included Thomas Edison and, and Andrew Carnegie. This was also allowed this also allowed the U.S. government, and among others, to avoid having to pay the royalties that were being pay were being claimed by Nikola Tesla. End quote. The first remote-controlled model boat was demonstrated in 1898. Of course, radio waves were involved, so there is no dispute that Tesla was an inventor. But what about the electric motor invented a long time before Tesla? It was the electric motor with rotating magnetic fields. We could research it a bit more, but the Tesla electric car gets its name from Nikola Tesla, probably because electric motors in Tesla cars use alternating current, unlike direct current motors in hybrid cars. Robotics are surely more recent than Tesla. Tesla invented the concept of robotics as well as intelligent cars, which are with us now. Now we are at the laser. What did Tesla do well before 1960? Tesla invented his death ray, initially financed by John Jacob Astor, who later perished on the Titanic, while it's at the time being the wealthiest person in the world. Here's a quote from Nikola Tesla himself from 1935. Quote, my invention requires a large plant, but once it is established, will be it will, will be possible to destroy anything, men or machines approaching within a radius of 200 miles, end quote. Now we have to figure out the difference between wireless communications and radio. Wireless communications were associated with the last item on the list, limitless free energy. I will quote again from the Activist Post website, quote, JP Morgan backed Nikola Tesla with $150,000 um, to build a tower that would use the natural frequencies of our universe to tra transmit data. 
including a wide range of information communicated through images, voice messages and text. This represented the world's first wireless communications, but also meant that aside from the cost of the tower itself, the universe was filled with free energy that could be utilized to form a world wide web connecting all people in all places, as well as allow people to harness the free energy around them. Essentially, the zeros and ones of the universe are embedded in the fabric of existence for each of us to access as needed. Nikola Tesla was dedicated to empowering the individual to receive and transmit this data virtually free of charge, end quote. What about the Tesla coil? Here's a quote from Wikipedia. A Tesla coil is an electrical resonant transformer circuit designed by inventor Nikola Tesla in 1891. It is used to produce high voltage, low current, high frequency, alternating current electricity, end quote. The Tesla coil has limited industrial use today. What else did Tesla invent? There was the earthquake machine. Here is a quote from the Forbes website from February 1912, which quotes the World Today magazine. He put his little vibrator in his coat pocket and went out to hunt a half-erected steel building. Down in the Wall Street district, he found one, 10 stories of steel framework without a brick or stone laid around it. He clamped the vibrator to one of the beams and fussed with the adjustment until he got it. Tesla said, finally, the structure began to creak and weave and the steel workers came to the ground panic-stricken, believing that they were gonna, there, there had been an earthquake. Police were called out. Tesla put the vibrator in his pocket and went away. 10 minutes more and he could have laid the building in the street. And with the same vibrator, he could have dropped the Brooklyn Bridge into the East River in less than an hour, end quote. The television show Mythbusters could not re reproduce the machine in an episode from 2006, but there was also Tesla's intellectual property seized by the FBI on Tesla's death in 1943, which apparently included details of Tesla's death ray. Before that, in 1895, Tesla, Tesla's lab in New York was destroyed by fire, so other information may have been lost. How did Tesla get his inspiration? That is curious. He claimed that he would wake up with problems solved, but he might only sleep for no more, more than a few hours, but nap during the day. He said that when he was working hard on, new on a new invention, it was hard to sleep. What else should we know about Nikola Tesla? He was totally obsessed with the numbers three, six, and nine, and said that three, six, nine is the key to the universe. I think it's time we move on to Albert Einstein. How did he get his inspiration? Apparently through childhood dreams and reading nonfiction. Unlike Tesla, he needed a lot of sleep, typically 10 hours a night. When was Einstein born? Einstein, whose name I translated to mean a rock, was born in 1879 in Württemberg, Germany, and died in 1955 in Princeton, New Jersey, after emigrating to the United States in 1933. He became a U.S. citizen in 1940. He was also a Swiss citizen, having been educated at the Federal Polytechnic in Zurich. He won the Nobel Prize for Physics in 1921 for his work on the photoelectric effect. Hadn't he already worked in relativity by that time? He had, but it wasn't generally accepted at the time. But today we use solar panels to generate, generate electricity, which uses the photoelectric effect. Einstein explained that light can, be, can produce electrons, leading the way to modern quantum theory and a common source of renewable energy. Here's a quote from the Physics of the Universe website that explains the importance of Einstein's work. Quote, quantum theory, otherwise known as quantum physics or quantum mechanics, is one of the two main planks of modern physics, along with general relativity and between the two theories, claim to explain virtually everything about the universe. General relativity gives us our picture of the very big space, time and gravity, while quantum theory gives us our picture of the very small atoms and their constituents, end quote. For general relativity, massive objects cause distortion in space time, which is felt as gravity. Einstein published that in 1915. General relativity superseded Newton's work on gravity. Space-time describes the world we live in, three dimensions and time. But is it? What is special relativity? Einstein published that earlier in 1905, describing the relationship between space and time. Events that occur at the same time for one observer could occur at different times for another. 
Also, the speed of light is the same regardless the speed of the observer. Think of the four dimensions being related, not just the three dimensions of up, down, left, right, and in and out, with time being separate. Yes, I read about Einstein working in the Swiss patent office. That meant that he had the opportunity to watch trains at a near, nearby railroad station, and that helped him understand special relativity. What, what about the famous equation E equals mc squared? That was also part of the 1905 publication of Special Relativity. It states that a mass is energy and energy is mass, laying the groundwork for the atomic bomb. What else did Einstein work on after 1915? He worked on the unified field theory, which attempted to unify general relativity with electromagnetism. Did Einstein work with Nikola Tesla? They were alive at the same time. No, but Einstein did write a letter to Tesla on his 75th birthday. This was requested by Time magazine in 1931, featuring Tesla on the cover. Einstein wrote the following. Dear Mr. Tesla, it is with great joy that I hear you are celebrating your 75th birthday, and as a successful pioneer in the field of high-frequency energy, you have experienced the miraculous development of this area of technology. Congratulations on the great success of your life's work. Albert Einstein. Apparently, Tesla was not complimentary about Einstein. The letter from Einstein was as short as it could have been. What was the outcome of Einstein's work on, unified, on the unified field theory or the theory of everything? Einstein wanted to prove that both electromagnetism and gravity were due to a single fundamental field. Gravity, of course, is applicable to much larger objects than atoms or parts of atoms, which determine electromagnetic properties. Einstein was not able to prove the unified field. But we'll have to continue talking about Einstein and other physics geniuses after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. to be true. And before the break, we were discussing physics genius Einstein. So we were just talking about that Einstein was not able to prove the unified field. Yeah, we mentioned the atomic bomb earlier. Was Einstein involved in the Manhattan Project? Einstein, in collaboration with Leo Zizzer, wrote a letter to President Roosevelt in 1939, the year World War II started in Europe. He warned of the possible German atomic weapons research and proposed that the United States began its own research. Leo Zislard, Dad, you'll have to pronounce that too because I'm butchering it. Zislard. <laughs> there you go. Conceived the number, the, the nuclear chain reaction in 1933 and apparently drafted the letter for Einstein's signature. Was Einstein later involved in the Manhattan Project that developed the atomic bombs that dropped on Japan? He was considered to be a security risk due to the left-wing learnings and was not invited to participate. The scientists working on the project were not allowed to contact him. That doesn't seem to make much sense, not to make use of such a brilliant mind. But to understand a brilliant mind, wasn't Einstein's brain examined after his death in 1955? As recently as 2012, Einstein's preserved brain was being studied by the eminent anthropologist Dean Falk. Here's a quote from the BBC website about her findings, and I quote, Perhaps the most striking is that Einstein had an extra ridge on his mid-frontal lobe, the part used for making plans and working memory. Most people have three ridges, but Einstein had four. She also found that Einstein's parietal lobes were dramatically asymmetric, and he had a knob on his right motor strip. This later feature is called the sign of omega and is thought to be correlated to musicians who use their left hands. Einstein played the violin. Falk was also named on a 2013 study that looked at Einstein's unusual corpus callosum, the bundle of fibers connecting the left and right hemispheres of the brain. The researchers found Einstein's was thicker than the control groups, suggesting enhanced cooperation between brain hemispheres, end quote. With that, let's move on to the fourth physics genius, Stephen Hawking, who passed away recently on March the 14th of this year. Through his brilliance as a scientist, Stephen Hawking became a household name, but achieving that while having been struck down with motor neuron disease or ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease is beyond belief. I think the world owes a debt of gratitude to Hawking's caregivers. Without them, Hawking would not have been able to work and become famous. How did Hawking get his inspiration? That isn't clear. He simply, quite simply had a brilliant mind. I saw the 2014 movie, The Theory of Everything, centered on Hawking's life. Early on in the movie, on arriving at Cambridge, Hawking is seen to solve incredibly hard physics problems, starting only a few minutes before meeting with his professor. Before that, he earned a first-class degree at Oxford University, while only studying for about an hour a day. But his, at his Oxford University graduation, he made the following statement, and I'll quote, Intelligent is the ability to adapt to change, end quote. I think that in his lifetime, he more than proved his point. I also read somewhere that he wasn't bitter about his disease. It actually helped him focus on his work. Immediately after his death, Jim Hawking make the news for a paper he co-authored. Yes, with his co-author, Thomas Hertog, the idea is to transform the idea of a multiverse or parallel of universes into a testable, testable scientific framework. The paper hasn't been published yet, but has been completed. 
parallel universes are theorized to exist, but there's no scientific proof yet. According to the paper, evidence for parallel universes should be measurable from background radiation dating back to the beginning of the universe. That should be detectable using deep space probes. I remember talking about parallel universes in the previous show and the cold spot discovered in 2015. This is a 1.8 billion light year wide area in which there are an estimated 10,000 galaxies missing. Apparently, a parallel universe crashed into our universe with the galaxies being shoved away, forming the cold spot. Why don't you quickly go over Professor Hawking's achievements? Hawking is most closely associated with the Big Bang Theory, along with fellow physicists Roger Penrose and George Ellis. Here is a quote from the Big Bang Theory website, quote, According to the standard theory, our universe sprang into existence as a singularity around 13.7 billion years ago. What is a singularity and where does it come from? Well, to be honest, we don't know for sure. Singularities are zones which defy our current understanding of physics. They are thought to exist at the core of black holes. Black holes are areas of intense gravitational pressure. The pressure is thought to be so intense that finite matter is actually squished into infinite decimal density, a mathematical concept which truly boggles the mind. These zones of infinite density are called singularities. Our universe is thought to have begun as, begun as an infinitesimally small, infinitely hot, infinitely dense something, a singularity. Where did it come from? We don't know. Where did it appear? We don't know. End quote. That was the start of the Big Bang. How did it continue? I'll continue from the same website. Quote, after its initial appearance, it apparently inflated. The Big Bang expanded and cooled, going from very, very small and very, very hot to the size and temperature of our current universe. It continues to expand and cool to this day, and we are inside of it, incredible creatures living on a unique planet, circling a beautiful star clustered together with several hundred billion other stars in a galaxy soaring through the cosmos, all of which is inside of an expanding universe that began as an infinitesimal singularity which appeared out of nowhere for reasons unknown. This is the, this is the Big Bang Theory, end quote. Hawking was also a best-selling author who made complicated physics theory accessible to millions. His book, A Brief History of Time, describing the structure, origin, development, and fate of the universe, has sold more than 10 million copies. He is also known for M-theory that unifies gravity with other forces such as electromagnetism. So like Einstein, Hawking looked for the theory of everything. But I think it's time for the first question. What differentiates geniuses from gifted persons that also have significant achievements in their life, but are not recognized as being geniuses? The significant difference is basically how the public views them. So some people are geniuses to some groups of people, while other groups of people would not categorize them as that. So it depends how people view them. But overall, geniuses are usually people who are very intelligent and have many different discoveries and new discoveries throughout their lifetime that shock and astound the public. Is there such a thing as a could have been genius that didn't get where, where they should have through lack of applying themselves to their work? That's a tricky question since, yes, some people could be considered geniuses with their ideas, their intellect, their commitment to society. However, it's usually in one life's path that they're going to be really categorized as a genius. So, for example, someone may believe their parent is a genius, and in their book they're a genius, but society would not view them as a genius and doesn't categorize them that way. So it depends on the perspective you're going, going from. Isaac Newton's laws of motion and the discovery of gravity provide knowledge that underpins our modern world. If Newton had not made these discoveries three centuries ago, would the consequences have been that someone else would have made those discoveries soon after, or would mankind's progress have been delayed? So this is a complicated what-if question. So technically, there are multiple different possibilities, but the most likely path would have been someone other than Isaac Newton would have discovered similar ideas around the same time. So in most cases, there are usually multiple different people on Earth that can discover similar ideas since they are working on the achievements of humans in different ways. Did you discover gravity as a result of seeing an apple fall from an apple tree? Yes. 
How did both Isaac Newton and Gottfried Leibniz discover calculus at the same time? That's where it goes into two different people discovering the same concept, but not knowing each other really discovered the concept. So that was just meant to happen so that calculus and the progress of it could be made at the same time with two different perspectives. How would a telephone, the relationship between mass and energy and a polio vaccine discovered at the same time by different scientists? Because that's when the advancement of those were supposed to happen. So each of the scientists was working very hard and it just ended up that the timing was the same since the human advancement was basically supposed to happen at that time. Why is Gottfried Leibniz not as well recognized as Newton as his achievements are incredible and across multiple scientific disciplines? Basically because of how common the names are. So Newton obviously is a household name and basically a lot more is named after him. A lot more people are aware of his existence. So it's whoever society accepts as a more well-known figure, even though they both should be pretty well-known. Did Newton invent the cat flap? Yes. That surprised me. Did Newton receive his inspiration through silence, meditation, and focusing on a single subject? Yes, and also his intelligence and creativity were unique and sophisticated. Did Newton receive inspiration during sleep, or does sleep just organize the mind? He did receive inspiration during sleep. Was he helped during sleep to receive inspiration through paranormal means? Not really helped, but more that his brain functioned during sleep, so it provided more time for him to work on his ideas. Did Newton suffer a nervous breakdown in 1694 due to lack of sleep? Yes. Newton spent much of his career studying alchemy. Did he make discoveries he could not share with the world, or was it too early for discoveries in chemistry? The world wasn't ready for his ideas, and it was more of a hobby for him, where he wanted the knowledge for his more personal use than sharing it with the world. I don't know if we got time for the next question, Justina. Yes, we'll have to continue with the questions and the psychic insight after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham, 
If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were going through the questions and the psychic insight about physics geniuses. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Yes, this is a rather personal question about Newton. Why didn't Newton ever marry? He really didn't need, feel the need to get married. So he had more of a different social context where he didn't feel like he needed another person or marriage to complete his life, like a lot of social norms say. Changing the subject to Nikola Tesla, during his lifetime from the middle of the 19th century to the middle of the 20th century, there was technological advancement at an incredible pace. Why did that occur? Basically just because it was time and there were many different great minds working on these different advancements. Nikola Tesla's inventive ability seemed to be far above any other living person at the time. Why was this? That was just basically who he was, so there's not much to explain other than he was very, very intelligent and very inventive, and he was very special with his mind, so he was able to create ideas that normal minds could not. So in human terms, you could say he had a very high IQ, but he also had a brain that could see in a way that more normal brains couldn't. So you saw the possibilities, not just some of it, so his mind was more open than narrow. Are Kirlian photography images just due to the physical phenomena, phenomenon of electrical coronal discharge? In summary, yes. Did Tesla's death ray actually work? Not exactly, no. Was the death ray a form of laser? Yes. Was his death ray just not developed enough? Yes, it needed more time. Was Tesla's earthquake machine capable of bringing down buildings? Yes. Does free energy exist that can be harnessed from the universe? Yes. Why was Tesla's intellectual property seized by the FBI when Tesla died? Because they wanted to use some of it. Was Tesla's laboratory destroyed by fire in 1895 an accident? Not exactly. Did a competitor cause the fire? There was someone who helped the fire, yes. How could Tesla survive with only a few hours sleep a night? Just how his body functions, so different people need different amounts of sleep. Tesla would wake up with problems solved. How was he able to do that? His brain solved the problems in a different way in his sleep. So the thing is that geniuses, if you want to call them that, brains function slightly different. So you can see that the neurological properties of them are actually slightly different from just the average person. Why did Tesla think that 3, 6, and 9 are the key to the universe? Because that number, those numbers are very special and it helped him solve a lot of problems. So in mathematics and in numbers, you can even see it in ancient texts, ancient civilizations, where numbers have very special properties. Changing the subject to Albert Einstein, if Einstein had not lived, would mankind's progress have been significantly delayed? Again, that's hard to answer since it is a what-if question, but Einstein brought a lot to the world and someone else would have had to make the same discoveries with him without, which were not guaranteed to be made at the exact same time. Was Einstein's name meaning a rock significant? No. Why didn't Einstein continue, continue to study quantum theory? Because at a point a person has to move on with a different subject. So it was something that he was interested in, but it was more but as most people can relate, after a while, a subject becomes repetitive and there's roadblocks where they feel it can't go any further. Is gravity a distortion of space-time by large objects? That could be said, yes. 
When an apple falls from a tree, is there a distortion of space-time? In a way, yes. Did watching trains help Einstein develop special relativity? Yes. Unfortunately, atomic bomb demonstrates that mass is energy. What else demonstrates that? Basically, any movement of energy can show the movement of energy. So any large explosion, not even having to be atomic bomb, represents that. And even smaller things, even gravity, can be related where there's this movement of mass and movement of energy. So this goes back to everything having its own certain type of energy. It's just easier to see in some situations versus other situations. Why didn't Nikola Tesla respect Albert Einstein? They just had a petty feud. Why wasn't Einstein able to prove the unified field theory? It needed more research and the technology wasn't at a point back then where it could be proved. Was Einstein unofficially involved in the Manhattan Project? Not exactly, no. Did the atomic bomb arrive too early in the history of mankind? Nothing really arrives too early since everything needs to happen when it happens. Why do we have atomic bombs with mankind's present state of civilization? That's exactly how you could question why there are other different technological advancements, such as different weapons or anything that could harm mankind. It's because mankind isn't always going to make things that are beneficial, but sometimes makes things that are harmful. But the key is to learning that those items are harmful and unfair and can kill large populations of people. So it goes back to that anything can really be made. But with anything that's advancement, including bombs, it needs to be in the right hands and needs to be by responsible owners. So basically, any technology comes with great responsibility. Let's just take a simple advancement such as a car. A car can be used for great things. And obviously, on a daily basis, most people use it for good. But someone can also get in a car and wreak havoc, even murder people with their car. So each technological advancement comes with great responsibility. Did Einstein get information from childhood dreams and reading and from reading nonfiction? Yes. Did sleeping 10 hours a night help Einstein with his work? That was how much sleep his body needed, so yes. Was the unusual makeup of Einstein's brain, including the frontal lobe, evidence that Einstein's brain was special? Yes. Changing the subject to Stephen Hawking, was Hawking being struck down with motor neuron disease instrumental in his incredible success as a scientist? It was in his life path. Why haven't Stephen Hawking's caregivers been given the recognition that they richly deserve? That's a complicated question, but humans don't always give recognition to where recognition is actually deserved. So possibly now that he's passed on, people in his life have done good and helped him along the way will be given more recognition. How did Hawking gain his inspiration? He was very motiva motivated after his diagnosis where he felt like he needed to make a change and he didn't want to delay the process since he felt that time was ticking against him. How did he survive so long when he was only expected to live a few years? It was just meant to be. Did Hawking have a premonition when he said that intelligence is the ability to adapt to change? Yes. Will Hawkins and Hertog's work be instrumental in the future discovery of parallel universes? Very, and it's already starting. We talked about this in our show on the universe, but did but does Hawkins and his collaborator, collaborators' work on a Big Bang Theory describe how the universe was created? In a vague summary, yes. Will the M-theory lead mankind to prove the theory of everything? In time, so providing large theories such as that will take not just one person, but many. What can we learn from the lives of Newton, Tesla, Einstein, and Hawking? What can be learned is that some people are just very gifted. So in the show, it wasn't discussed about different geniuses in different fields, but there are many different geniuses, not just scientists, such as musical geniuses. So these people all have this unique ability that their work is progressively going forward much quicker than a normal person. And normal can be defined as many things. But society as a whole accepts certain discoveries, certain inventions, their theories as something great. And their work doesn't just disappear, but is added to. And that's the amazing thing about these geniuses is that their work is something that hundreds, even thousands of years later, it will look back upon. 
and which wasn't really discussed in the show is that each of these different geniuses had some type of different roadblocks in their lives that they had to face. So some of them were obvious, such as Stephen Hawking being diagnosed with his different struggles where he couldn't be an average human and have average human abilities, but he did not let them stop him. He didn't let it make it so he couldn't continue with his discoveries and continue with being intelligent. So the main takeaway is that each person goes through their own struggles, maybe mentally, physically, etc., where there are such things as roadblocks. You need to use it as something to motivate you and continue on your work. And another point, too, is that someone doesn't have to be a genius from birth. Sometimes the genius ideas and inventions come much later in life. So... It may be that you can turn your hobby into something that's going to lead to discoveries and inventions. So nobody should be defined as not smart enough or too stupid to make discoveries and be someone great. That was the last answer. Is becoming a genius later in life too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. After seeing the 2014 movie, The Theory of Everything About Stephen Hawking's Life, I had the thought if the script had been a work of fiction, nobody would have believed it. I think the lives of other genius we mentioned are just as unbelievable. Yes, a final shout out to the listener who suggested Nikola Tesla. We didn't talk about humor, but Einstein has many funny quotes, including the line, the difference between stupidity and genius is that genius has its limits. He obviously was very witty. Uh, Nikola Tesla was not known for humor, but one of his few friends was Mark Twain. Stephen Hawking was well known for his television appearances, including The Simpsons and Big Bang Theory. Actress Kaylee Coco, during a run through of the script for an episode of The Big Bang Theory, was standing right next to Stephen. She said the following line, I know, he's the wheelchair dude who invented time. She gestured to Hawking that she had to read what's on the page, but Stephen Hawking just laughed. Okay, well, that was a fascinating episode, I think. And why don't you sign us off, Justina? Well, we didn't mention our websites. We have to mention our website. So if you have any suggestions, you can go to toogoodtobetrue.net. And we also want to thank the listeners. And we also want to just kind of dedicate this episode to Stephen Hawking and his tragic death. And for all the geniuses, we want to give a big thank you for all the discoveries they made. So until next week's show. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. 
Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.